Welcome to Sensibly Cynical. My name is Sean, and today I have a fantastic interview set up. I will be talking with Brian Little from Your Favorite Blockhead Podcast. This guy is epic. I mean, what he's done with his YFB podcast is nothing short of amazing. Um, we're going to talk about MMA, comics, and I'm sure way more than just that. So, I hope you enjoy. And with me on the line, the host of your favorite blockhead, the podcast, Brian Little. What's going on, bro? Well, just taking back with some Chick-fil-A soft drinks, man. I mean, I should have been a little more prepared. I mean, I'm on one of the biggest podcasts out there. (laughs) I should be sitting here with my aged vanilla A&W root beer. Let me tell you, real men drink the hard stuff, dude. Conor McGregor's Proper 12 ain't got nothing on an aged vanilla A&W root beer. (laughs) You want to hang with the big boys, you come drink what I drink. Hey, man, last night I busted out the small batch uh, Elijah Craig, man. So I may need to do that again after after these technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and once you get the tripod going and working the way you want it to, and that's going to end up being an easy Google search. How do you fix this audio? I'm going to send it. Talk to my sensibly cynical. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, white, the white boy rig of all white boy rigs. Yeah, uh... <laughs> people, I didn't say it, and there you have it. I'll quote from the Wonder Years. Listen to that show back in the day, and there you have it. <laughs> no, this is much better. I got the audio. After like a year of... Te- or uh, It seems like a year. After an hour of technical difficulties, we're ready to go. So, uh... Good, man. <laughs> so tell me about the history of YFB. Like, how did it start and everything? Okay, before I even get out to my blockhead uh, I'm in a world, I'm going to have to put on the cap that says you're Brian Little before we get into that. Just because, to take you further back, I've always been a fan of Charlie Brown. And growing up, I was always using those uh, cassette tapes. You know what I'm talking about? After you finish the story, you can turn the tape cassette over and record your own. So, yeah, I filled all those up until eventually they break because they don't last forever. If you don't carry them over into some kind of DVD format, it's lost forever. I usually just kind of kept those for myself, and I got very comfortable in my own skin when I would start recording from my from my uh, bedroom, and just got better. That then eventually I got to college. I started using those handheld uh, recorders, you know, the ones that had the real small right. tapes on there, and which was intended to be used for the professors. But ninety nine point nine percent of that was my own voice. I didn't record a single lecture, like I said. <laughs> and of course, as time goes on, to answer how I got into it. Really, it's because I had to alter my life completely. Because I'll tell you now, the four months that I did in the United States Navy serving this great country made up for the four months that I did absolutely nothing at the university. That was where I was supposed to go into radio. I was really interested in journalism and broadcasting. Wanted to dabble in that, and all of a sudden I get one of those letters in the mail from a Christian university that says, lack of a better term, it, it wasn't this verbiage, but it was basically along the lines of, in the name of Jesus, please leave our university. In other words, you know, I'm getting academic suspension. So now that means I can't go back here. I got to change some things. So I walked into a 
uh, Navy recruiter's office, and I was 45 pounds overweight, and I started, uh, I cut off the sodas, I started running, I started doing all the physical requirements to get in the Navy. Right. Because then, after, so fast forward to 2010, after I got out, I was able to use my post-9-11 GI Bill to <laughs> uh, school, school seriously the second time. Yeah. And I went into education. But that, but that craving to be on the microphone was always still there. So at that time, by the time I was getting into the name, this word podcasting was so <laughs> minuscule amongst people. It didn't matter because, you know, back then, the iPod is what was so relevant, and that name just kind of stuck. I mean, phonecast doesn't make any sense. The name kind of latched on for all of us common man podcasters. Sure. Out there and dabble our feet in, in the uh, in podcasting world if we can't go into actual radio. In a way, that's the shift that's happening because using this thing the kids call the internet, <laughs> actual you can use your actual data, your actual well, shit. you can track how your show is actually doing. Mm-hmm. You know, left the guests on AM, PM times and things like that. But you know, it's been a really fun ride. So I made I made sure for my show I need to include my love of peanuts, Charlie Brown, and Snoopy. Right. I've been an MMA fan for a long time too, and somehow they converged. And 130 episodes later, here we sit. Yeah, I think that's why we connected is our podcasts are very similar, you know. Um, this is, I think this is like 87, 6, something like that, you know. And it's been it's been a totally um, different experience doing it by myself rather than hosting with Frank. Because I didn't have I didn't have someone else to rely on. I had to, I had to be I have to be creative. And sometimes I'll throw stuff against the wall. Sometimes it'll work. And most of the time it won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but at the same time, throw, yeah, right, throwing those darts out there and taking a chance. You're going to find out if you're most comfortable flying solo like I do until I right. You know, since this whole COVID-19 outbreak, <laughs> I mean, I can rock the red carpet for a lot of people. I've got several guests lined up. Me too. So I can't say, yeah, exactly. So there can be some positives behind that. But if you're going to fly solo, make something all the time. How do you do it? I think it's just one of those either you either practice it enough and repeat it enough just you're more comfortable with a co-host and that's fine a lot of great shows have two guys yeah you do the round table where you have four people it comes down to the variety and the flavor that your show is going to yeah i'll give you the uh the the exclusive sneak peek on our next podcast brian um i actually have i actually have a guest lined up to talk about the history of the saw movies so i think that's gonna i think that's gonna stick um, if I promote it, if I promote it, yeah, if I promote it. I'm going to do jigsaw terminology, <laughs> but I better step up my game and see if my numbers somehow stick on this dark wall you're premiering. <laughs> the Netflix podcast did really well. The um, I just released the podcast on LA Originals, the Netflix documentary. That's done really well. So I think after two years later, two years later, I'm finally, <laughs> I'm finally hitting the uh, the stride of all strides. Yeah, you eventually got to be an OG. It just took me two years to get to get decent downloads, but uh, in all seriousness, it's been a hobby though. Like I went to my friends and I was like, you know what? Because I only have this, I only have this like financially, um, I guess financially like occupied until December. So I thought about maybe ending it in December, but it's like because I'm so concerned because the downloads haven't been what I thought they'd be. Like I'm putting advertising time into it, not money, but time, you know. And I'm thinking eventually I'm going to get downloads over like 100 right off the bat. And it just hasn't happened. But then people are like, well, don't worry about it. Do it for do it for you. Like the downloads come, they come. If they don't, then they don't. But do it because 
You like doing it. Like, I wouldn't have met you without the Insta Live, but... Yeah, everything happens for a reason. It just kind of converged at the right time. But definitely, on this end, we'll see if the uh, Blockhead Nation can help you out with getting maybe some Patreon followers, maybe a Kofi account. We'll, we'll get you hooked up. All right, so I listened to one of your podcasts in 2019 uh, that featured Tito Ortiz. Um, what do you think about his legacy, you know, considering he's had two of the most infamous rivalries in MMA history with Chael and uh, Chuck Liddell? You just wanted to kick open the Pandora box on that one, didn't you? Because now you want to get Blockhead wound up. <laughs> Where to even begin with this? Okay, let me go ahead and just preface it with this. Is that I do appreciate Tito was during the Zufa days and when the time came for MMA and the UFC to break onto uh, the, into the normal public eye. I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate that somebody had to be doing that. He had the look. He was also considered the Huntington Beach bad boy. His rivalries with Kent Shamrock are well documented. He definitely got the best of him. And I can honestly say that it comes down to, yes, there came a rivalry. Either you are Team Tito or you are Team Chuck. And in the <laughs> early days of UFC, we found out it's better to side with Team Chuck. Otherwise, you're going to lose the shirt on your back. Until we eventually did that silly little thing with Golden Boy in MMA. I guess that's bringing up other old memories, too. Is that if I right. take down every single thing about it, the, start, the biggest thing I can tell you about Tito on my end is simply, I think you're talking about the episode where I said he was as relevant as a throwaway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, that one. No, but I mean that. It's like nowadays, nobody needs throwaway cameras anymore. The ones where you pull them out of the box. And by the way, they came in a Pop-Tarts wrap. Why is a consumer supposed to take something seriously if it's supposed to be a camera? And then I'm, I'm deceived. I go, what is this, a Pop-Tart? Mm-hmm. Who is running this company at this point? So to answer, to answer that one, it's I, I believe I, I was pulling in the top, but I was actually trying to expose him a little bit more because Chael, is actually explosive. So if we take it further into the time when he was in Bellator MMA, I have to stick with that bout just for now. Right. I started with just not, my opinion of him was very low. I did appreciate who he was as an athlete, as a fighter, but the guy couldn't string two sentences together. <laughs> like an intellectual leech on the side of my head. I can't take this guy. But and he was so goofy. I'm, there's some people that can bounce on the side of the cage and actually look cool doing it. Chris Levin, I was fine with doing the squat jumps. But I couldn't sit there and watch Tito Ortiz just bounce around like a little <laughs> well, at his two-year-old aunt birthday party. Yeah, he thought bounce house. Yeah, he thought he was some sort of California badass, you know. <laughs> and really, unfortunately, and again, I understand personifying that and then running with the gimmick. I really do because a lot of times that's going to get you uh, out in the public eye. It's going to survive who you are. <laughs> I get that. It's the same thing with YFB and your favorite blockhead. Let's <laughs> take it to the actual bout between Tito and Shane. And every time they would have, it just shows that the words matter. It shows that you pay attention to the commentary. You know, people say that, oh, we don't care about what people have to say. When Connor and Khabib had the press conference, Mm -hmm. they didn't allow fans to come in because they were going to swarm it. There's a reason why they did that, because the words matter. But as getting back to Tito, is that we get to the fight, right? And sure enough, yeah, Chael does get beat in this fight. But I'm watching this guillotine that Chael has him in. It's deep. And I'm going, how yeah. is he not tapping? I remember he had neck problems. And sure enough, he gets a rear naked choke and, you know, chail taps. But here's another thing. At the end of that fight, mm-hmm. even though Tito has won and he's rubbing it in Chael's face, <clears throat> there is a point where he takes his gloves off and he says, these are the last time you're going to see these. And he sets them down in the cage. But you know as well as I do, Sean, that if a <laughs> wrestler in NCAA right. takes his shoes off on the mat... 
and everybody gives him a round of applause. You know what's happening. This senior is retiring <laughs> from the sport. Right. This Olympic champion is leaving wrestling. Yeah. The emotions, the tears are running. Well, you know what's happening. Well, what he did is he took those gloves and he set them down in the cage and said, this is the last time you're going to see these. We'll give it a month later. And there's this whole fiasco about Fedor Emelianenko coming over to Bellator. Who are we going to sign with him? Is it going to be Chael? Is it going to be Matt Montreal? Is it going to be somebody? Well, Tino decides that he's going to in- include himself in this discussion. That is not his place to well, himself in. He's not a heavyweight. You know, but it, but it comes down to that was part of the problem. He tried to include himself. You said you weren't coming back. And then I guess something in that really offset Chael. And Chael goes on his podcast and says, Tino tapped in that fight. And, I, and I'm driving the work and my jaw is on the floor. I'm going, what? <laughs> I didn't think this was really going down. Like, oh my gosh, he's really letting this bomb drop. I mean, we're going to have shrapnel all across the podcasting world for this. So he's saying that Tito tapped when he had it, and he heard him tap, and he let go. Because when someone taps, that is a cardinal sin you don't break. You let go when they tap. So, I mean, people have done this before. Recently, Jake Hager, who was, uh, I think, Jack Swagger, yep. he did that one let go, and Mike Beltran pushed him off, like, screaming, let go! You know, yeah. It was a pretty bad fiasco. He was, like, yelling, stay over there! And they're all, everybody's mad at Jake Hager. Well... That's the accepted thing. Mm-hmm. Tito, because Tito tapped here, and then he kept fighting. This means a kid called a timeout, and he deliberately so if that's the case, and then as we get further, find out from my friend Jason Hendricks from the Dos Leprechauns podcast, I'm putting him out there, Right. his cage side. I mentioned something about, he said, tap, tap. Jason said, no, he yelled it three times. I tap, I tap, I tap, and the ref didn't call it. And that happens sometimes in MMA, but that just tells me that he is a liar. He had no intention of retiring because he's still broke. The guy just can't even carry himself on a microphone. <laughs> All those things are reasons enough for me to go, I am not on the Tito Ortiz Yeah, what you said, um, one of the things that you said that strikes me is, you're right, the college wrestling, there's the professional wrestling isn't wrestling. So that's why that's why it's so emotional is because there's no like league for these people to go to. It's That's it. It's over. Unless unless you give in to the pro wrestling bug and, and uh, wrestle for Vince McMahon like Kurt Angle did, there's no, there's no like, and Brock Lesnar. I mean, there is a list of MMA guys, and it's getting more popular. But th- my point still stands. My point still stands. Now, what's your th- what was your thought on the, on the, uh, the trilogy of, um, like I said, I know we talked about Chael, but what was your, what was your thought on the, tri- the trilogy Chuck Liddell? I, can you believe it's been 16 years since they first fought? That's crazy. That's that's what I'm about to get at, is that I appreciate that if you want to call it a trilogy, how can you call it a trilogy when you're not well, one? I'm just going three fights. I say trilogy because it was three fights. Well, that's, 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 that's <laughs> like, me. That's me. If you know the story, you know that when there's a third match going, it's called the rubber match. Right. You're going for the best two out of three. Let's put it Sure. In that case, I get your point. Can won both times. But, you know, Chuck and won both times. This is 10 years after the fact. And it's some shady thing that Oscar De La Hoya is doing called Golden Boy MMA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the guy doesn't know how to run MMA. No offense. Well, I thought it was... Dana White. He's not Scott Coker. So that's part of it. 
Isn't Del Hoya's boxing though? You said Del Hoya, right? Yeah, but he was the guy that actually sanctioned all the point. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And Chuck, exactly. That's that's what I mean about how we wait ten years after the fact <laughs> more than to appease Tito's uh, fragile little. There's yeah. More than I can. So all I'm saying is, in a, in a trilogy, you're finding out the best two of three. If it had been one for one, that I can understand the Tito and Chuck trilogy going on this long and picking up right where we left off. Just like Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, you are now one for one. There's no reason why those two can't go to a trilogy for the best two out of three, no matter who it is. Because that's all That's all you have. It takes five minutes for a promo to be sent out to see. We want to find out who's the best. Right. It's the same thing with uh, Daniel Cormier and Steve Miocic. You got one for one. You could go to a rubber match. But when it comes to Tito and Chuck, two times Chuck Liddell is victorious. Years later, this little trilogy that happens... It's not a farce, and don't tell me that's something that is not the easy or Yeah. That's my answer on that. So what's your thoughts on the current stars versus the old stars, like with John Bones Jones, Wilder? Do you think there's a much difference when it comes to, like, personality? Or are they getting babied more? Are they getting babied more by Dana White? Or... I believe that... And well... I believe that nowadays we are still seeing athletes that are trying to raise the bar and stick the stakes up, because all you got to right. To look at who the best is, is look at the records and who has an undefeated streak right now. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Sure. But, I, what I would, but I'll tell you, as far as you have to look at it in in phases, because this sport only goes back as far. Even though all these sports have been around, you know, pancreation back in the early Greece days. Yeah. Muay Thai, boxing, kickboxing, NCAA style wrestling, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> yeah, true. They finally came together in 1993, and during that time, we found out that the most dominant was jiu-jitsu because of Horace Gracie. But if you look at the guys who were the pioneers, that's really what that time was from the 1990s on into about easily 2006. You had that time period that was just this era of the pioneers who were laying the groundwork, like Randy Couture and Matt Hughes, and even Chael, like I talked about earlier, Vitor Belfort, and other guys that were... Laying the groundwork for guys to come on the scene after that. But again, there are always going to be superstars that solidify that time period. Mm-hmm. Then you have MMA guys that are coming out of the WWE, like Brock Lesnar, or even CM Punk that tries his own. Yeah, that was a joke. That was a joke. No, no. Don't get me started on that shit. No, I don't want to get started on that. All I mean is simply, he was told he can't do it, he went and did it. And Dana White said, sure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those, my, my answer to all this is that we are now more in an entertaining era where the words you use do matter, but this is a time period that the MMA purists love right. because we're not as dependent on Conor McGregor's or Ronda Rousey's or Brock Lesnar's. So if, if we look at what's been happening is that UFC was supposed to continue even with this COVID-19 outbreak, and it was one of them that was going to continue until the higher powers that be from ESPN and Disney, finally came to Dana White and said, uh, we're going to put the brakes on for a little bit. So somebody that's got some serious power or some serious uh, shareholders right. in the UFC has right. told him that it's time to put the brakes on. But he's ready to be the other sport other than the WWE that's the first one back on the scene because everybody's wanting to get back to the market. Yeah, did you, yeah, did you see that interview that um, it was, I think it was TSN in Canada where the guy trolled CM Punk once he got that deal? Did you see that? I that was. I took a look at yeah, it. that shit was. That was crazy. Well, yeah, there, there's something in WWE and even in MMA that everybody understands. It's unwritten code called paying your dues. Yeah. And that was seen as somebody who was given a, a 
first class ticket straight to the right line, and then that, that overstepped guys that have been busting their. I think Nate Diaz actually was pretty up in arms about that too. He was right, and and Sun In even, yeah, yeah. There were plenty of them that were going, "Hey, I'm willing to help you train and work in there," but it's still kind of one of those. What about these other guys that are are busting their rear ends for a living? Right. It's, it's he's got. He's got $20 million that he made from that company. I know this is a bucketless thing for you, but if you truly wanted that bad, how come you didn't go to one of the smaller chapters of MMA, like maybe Legacy Fighting Alliance? Yeah, or uh, or even, you know, yeah, even PFL now. If you, if you, but at the same time, yeah, at the same time, he's now working for Fox. So, right, and, and which, which is fine. Good for him. It's just one of those. It still shows you that a spectacle matters in these sports too. Yeah, that is still that still can be a good payday for all of them. But those that take their sport seriously, I can see how that would probably set them off a little bit. You know that that'd be my answer on that one. Is that a good for anybody who wants to try something for the first mm-hmm. time? But I can see why the MMA fighters would be a little bit be really peeved with something like yeah. that. Yeah, there was even an agent that used to work for the NFL and works in MMA, Malky Kawhi. He was asked the question many times, if you had your choice between working with NFL guys or MMA fighters, which one would you rather promote? And he said fighters. And they said, why? Because the fighters are more humble. And so yeah. guys that literally fight well, their living, mm-hmm. still one of those, you're taking bread off this man's table right. by jumping straight to the front of the line. Thanks a lot, Phil Brooks. Well, yeah. the yeah, And before that even, the exception, I think, is when Conor McGregor um, fought uh, Floyd Mayweather. I mean that I was impressed at how, oh no I was impressed at how quick he took to the sport. I mean that was impressive. Yeah, exactly. He may have lost. There's, right. There's still something to that that you stuck it out the entire time. I'll give Conor McGregor his due diligence. It's just one of those. Well, let's not kid ourselves that where you belong is in the uh, is in the cage because he just came back in desirable fashion and knocked out Donald Cerrone. That's yeah. a small feat. Yeah. You defeated a veteran like Cowboy. Well, let's uh, let's transition to the uh, to peanuts, the the comic strip. You're you're similar age to you're similar age to me, so you remember you remember the comic strips in the uh, newspapers, you know. Now, Absolutely. yeah, for fifty years they were around. I mean, what's 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 uh, what drew you to them? And like, is it the appreciation for the creativity? Is it the humor that comes involved, or that gets involved? I think it's a combination of all those, but once again, sometimes when you are so young and you just adapt to something so quickly, it's not something you can shut off at some point in your life. And so I can think back as far as when we were having a uh, Christmas holiday and there was a point where my uncle was had one of those humongous VHS camcorders that he was walking around with with the big flashing red light on the end of it. Sure. And he's born and he's, he's watching me and my cousin that are watching... Uh, the TV, and I swear, you, I, I'm not even three years old. He's five years old. I get up and I'm pointing the TV. Go, look, it's Snoopy. <laughs> I'm literally doing that. Right. So it's uh, it's, so it's like, it's, yeah. It's just part of it. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. But also, you're right. Having both the comic strip to see every Sunday, but also the time period when VHSs were still available, and you can record right when they would come up as, as a TV special. And it's kind of one of those, I just latched onto it when I had both in, both worlds going. Right. I was read the comic strip and usually would catch episodes that other people didn't know. I mean, most people could tell you something about the Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, of course, the tradition. But they have no idea what Bon Voyage Charlie Brown was. Right. I'm going, 
really? You don't know? Oh, you were big. Say, you were big. Uh, you were big Snoopy guy, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snoopy. I'm also a fan of his brother Spike. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. What was the episode you were talking about? Oh, no. It, it's an episode that is very hard to find. I think it's only on VHS anyway. And one day, if it comes out on DVD or if it comes on YouTube, I'm watching it. It's called It's the Girl in the Red Truck, Charlie Brown. And it's got, it's got Spike. It's actually people animated with uh, Charles Schultz's daughter, Jill. And I'll tell you, don't expect much out of the acting. <laughs> yeah. Any award, Grammy, or of any kind, shape, or form. But I appreciate the fact that Spike was able to be part of their world. And it just... It showed, it's personified a lot of things. They, they asked on the episode, what does Spike drink? She goes, yes. Goes, I don't have the slightest idea. And she goes, root beer. Well, you wonder why I see things like root beer. Because root beer was the common used beverage. Yeah. Peanuts game. Yeah. So that would be, maybe one day I'll get sponsored by the NWA. Well, yeah, I grew up on root beer. My mom would, my mom would make me root beer floats and she would, she would, uh, she would drink A&W all the time. And exactly, you know, she yeah. was not, she's not much of a, on Friday nights after being a middle school teacher, I'm out having, <laughs> I'm like, again, they're like, haven't you had enough? I go, you let me be the judge of how many root beer floats I've had. They're like, but, but yeah. that ice cream is so much stuff. I'm like, if you want to sell it to me, I'll just get it somewhere. Yeah, well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Like, where did you go to, where did you go to school? How did you become a teacher? Like what, what drew you to education? I have grown up my whole life south of Dallas, Texas, in a town called Wapache, and it literally means an Indian uh, buffalo creek. <laughs> um, in other words, there, there's more to it than that. It's, it's quite a story, most, mostly the the Indians that were the Native Americans, whatever you want to call it, that were here, that were in our area. And so that name got personified. Even the word Tejas literally means a, it's a Caddo Indian word, means friendship. So from Waxahachie is where my roots were. Went to school here and then ended up going back to the Navy. Came back to my room, yeah, married to yeah. the red-haired girl. And I'm literally <laughs> the same high school that I graduated from. So I went all the way around the world to go right back to where I was. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your service. I didn't mention that earlier. It was all worth it. Yeah, but you... And it also gave me a good, uh, it gave me a good testimony to use for these kids, too. I'm like, don't make the same mistakes that I did. Hey, man. So, you would get... Uh, you would get drunk every day for every time you've heard "Thank you for your service." <laughs> every, yeah. Actually, com compounded interest, if I think about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a serious stock in that. <laughs> yeah, but all, in all seriousness, people's expense. In all seriousness, though, you probably you probably um, developed uh, brother uh, friendships that you know lifetime, right? You have guys that because you went to and girls you went to battle with. Like there's something about that, right? Like I'm not. I'm not a military person, but I have friends that, you know, are overseas and I, I get the, I get the reasons, you know, some people do it for, you know, financial gain, but then some do it because some people do it because it's a family tradition and some just do it because they love the country so much that they're willing to put their own body on the line. So is that, is that true? I, because I got a girl pregnant, I didn't want to fight her. Boy, is that true though? Am I true, or is that just is that just stereotypes of what I'm saying? Is that true? There, yeah, there's stereotypes to that. You you can't really know what's in the mind of any. Bro, sir. But the truth is, yes. Once you're there, there is a camaraderie that is that is bond you will never be able to break. So there's some serious truth to that. And that's why I tell people all the time, if you want to hear my favorite episode of my podcast, there's no doubt that it will always be when my brother from my ship, yeah. says Pearl Harbor, 
my buddy Daniel Hurd came stayed in my house and he recorded his episode with me. So if y'all want to go back, that's a shame. Yeah. Miami, no, no. Dan USA. Hey. One twenty. Please go back and listen to that episode. Grab a box of t-shirts. <laughs> Uh, well, well, if you want tissues on my end, you can listen to the stripper podcast we did. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, nah, she was cool. But uh, in <laughs> in any difference, you must have read my script because that was actually the next thing I was going to ask was what was your favorite. So that was kind of creepy. I think you just lifted your hand up, and I saw the uh, open <laughs> notes that were right up. There. Well, well, hey, you're like the 20th guest I've had on this show. There's kind of like a blueprint that I do. You know, favorite episode, history. I mean, it's a blueprint, you know, but. That's why my, everybody should be kissing the ring. <laughs> oh. You change it up, but there's a, but there's a blueprint, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so um, let's see what else you, we want to talk about. Okay, what's your thoughts on let's go back to um, fighting. What's your thoughts on the PFL format where they try to be like a professional league? Like I have a friend that you can listen to the podcast on here. I interviewed Muhammad Momussel Darice. He was a heavyweight. He's a heavyweight and he's looking to have a good season coming up and he tells me that it's less about the trash talk. Like it's more about results. That's what he likes about it. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. Also, is like I said once again, the words you use in the UFC these days are right. to matter at this point. Anything that gets retweeted out by Ariel Hawani or anything. <laughs> oh yeah, that dude. Formats or what, yeah. What's called the dirt sheets? Yeah, that that that. Guy well, may have been in some fights in his life. That they sure never broke his nose in the process. Well, that dude. That dude also does professional wrestling too. But uh, he's an ESPN guy. Yeah, he does. But. So yeah, so what's your so what's your thoughts on PFL? I think my my thoughts on PFL are if you are a true MMA purist, then you're going to be happy with the format that is in PFL. It's kind of like once again, some people go to Bellator MMA and they're not happy. Sure. With things like you know other other fighters that are <clears throat> last two with these other people that are you know blood, sweat, and tears. Right. And I can see how you can be turned off on the UFC, even though that is the mothership. That is the number one platform that most people strive for to get their 15 minutes of fame. I understand how Bellator MMA can, quote, do you wrong in some areas on that. Right. So I do appreciate that there are other chapters like One Championship in Japan or PFL or even Brave Combat Federation where Jose Torres is. It's one of those, there's going to be, that, that makes me feel better to know that there are always these other chapters of MMA that you do have opportunities to go for. Those that like wrestling understand what the territory Right. Sure. Back in the day, tours. before they right before they all got bought up in the uh, conglomerate monopoly that is the WWE, mm-hmm. I would have to say that that's an area where if, if that fits his style, right, then I'm glad that he can be there and make a name for himself in heavyweight. But for the world to know who he is, mm-hmm. people put MMA and UFC in the same category, and unfortunately, they shouldn't. Well, that is the reality that we have to run. Well, he was in Ultimate. Yeah, he was in Ultimate Fighter, and he didn't make the he he didn't win his entry fight. So, right, but which is, only one person can win the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, right? You're still gonna have people that so impression. So at least at least it means he has a following. Right. Show that can lead him. Yeah. Um. Are you familiar with Khalil Roundtree? I need to get more familiar with that name. I think we talked about. Him. Yeah, he's the he's the one that he lost to, and he ended up winning the thing. I think so. That's why I asked. But um, so. From what I'm guessing is, or from what I can tell is, you're not a big PFL guy or Bellator. You're more UFC, or you just well, go around I'm definitely, to... I'm definitely, I'm definitely more UFC and Bellator, and I'm definitely more one championship. But you respect PFL. I, I, have, I 
haven't I haven't followed and done my research enough on that one. I haven't done my research enough on Brave Combat either, or even Legacy Fighting Alliance. But even though there there are other ones, there are Rising Federation. There's not a thing I can tell you about when it comes to Rising Federation. Yeah. What else do you do for fun, um, Brian? Like with hobbies, hobby wise. Like, no, I mean, uh, what's there to do in, what's there to do in, uh, yeah, what's there to do in Texas? <laughs> like, oh, there's, quite frankly, there's plenty to do because everything's bigger in Texas, including bigger egos, bigger stomachs, everything else in between. But I will, I will tell you that, um, I do play, uh, the acoustic guitar. And I, really? I just don't talk about it that much. It's kind of one of those, I save them either when I go to church and I'd use them for worship or if I use it just for an opener. That seems to be more who I am. Like, if I want to open for somebody, uh, then, like recently, we did online Zoom meeting, like the one we're doing now. Yeah. For your show. After we had one that, mm-hmm. after a, after a few things in between, we rubbed two sticks together. <laughs> but, 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 other, but, but other than that, there was a time I went on for another lady that had this group that was a reggae group from Loving Texas, and my buddy <laughs> ja, uh, jazz uh, saxophone Zach Sanders was the guy I opened for. Him. So I played a couple of songs. Jumped off the acoustic guitar. Really? On mute. And then it was his turn, and he went in and played Galaxy that just recently got released, and he blew their minds, dude. So and that's another free shameless plug. Zach Sanders was actually mm-hmm. music. Yeah, I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big rock music guy myself. I actually, we just did a podcast. Um, I talked to a guy from um, Fifth Cast, which is, you know, kind of similar um, to this show, but more of a music heavy. They're an umbrella. They have an umbrella. They're the... They have a lot of different things, but um, are you a big um like rock music guy like in general, or what's your like favorite band? Do you have a favorite band? Well, well, I, I have a mixture of a little bit of everything. I guess it's one of those nowadays. I really do follow a lot more Christian music. Right. Growing up through high school, there's so many of them. Like if I had to pick a year that had me intrigued when it comes to music, it'd have to be 1999. I mean, that was the year. That I got into, you know, bands like Third Eye Blind. I was following Matchbox Twenty. I was following Blink One Eight Two. I was following the band Lit when they came out. Yeah. Oh man. The time that Metallica did a symphony uh, orchestra with uh, <clears throat> San Francisco. It was called S and M. Nineteen ninety nine was yeah a magical year in music for me. Yeah, my, yeah, I still listen to the ninety grunt nineties grunt stuff, man. <laughs> Weezer. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of them you can name off. I'd be able to say, yeah, I listen to them, or yeah. Sunny Day Real Estate? <laughs> Can't uh, put my finger on that one. They're just, another, they're just another, you know, grunge band back in the day, Garage. But, uh, and also another thing is, I look, for, I look for even indie guys that are trying to make their way up that I think that are good. All right, so what do you see the future of your podcast? Like, is there, is there a direction that you're going, or are you just going to stay, uh, stay the course? It's nice to know that I'm actually on like number four hundred and nine <laughs> in sports and really? society and culture. That At least you're ranked. That I'm climbing right. Knowing that I'm climbing the ladder is kind of nice to see. But I will tell you, here's the honest truth of what 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 direction I want my podcast to go. Is that let's say that down the road after all these sponsorships that I get, <laughs> yeah so many true that I've got. Well, hang on, hang with me on this in a little bit. When it comes to getting all these sponsors and getting all these listens and downloads, maybe one day landing on the big dog that is Podcast One, which would be nice. Let's say I get down the road. Right. All of a sudden I hear, hey, Joe Rogan wants to have you on. Hey, Jordan Arbiter wants to have you on. What do you want to do? Adam Carolla wants to get you on. I can go. <laughs> I can get you on. 
My buddy is insensibly cynical has an opening for me. I think I'll join him on this podcast. That's probably gonna be the best. That's probably gonna be the best feeling in the world to know that I don't need these big name guys because I'm not trying to be any of you. They're trying to be the next Joe Rogan. No, just be the next you. Hey, next YFB. Mm, at least I have a catchy name. <laughs> but, uh, you that's know. what I'm saying. You, you have a niche that stands out that most people can catch and go, okay, I got to check this out. Yeah. So that would be my answer is putting on the humble hat, having a slice of humble pie. <laughs> you know, say that, look, I, I'm a Peanuts and MMA fan that made a show work mm-hmm. and eventually got to promote a lot of companies and got the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for me to either teach others how to do it and maybe do some consulting but also be able to say, I don't need all those big-name podcasters. <laughs> and I can take care of my own tribe. I can take care of the blockhead. So how do you do your promotion? Like, what's your big promotional um, tool? Well, I can tell you, like I said before, that what has been the biggest blessing to me is this thing called podcorn.com. It's only been around since December 2019. It sounds like popcorn. <laughs> Re- replace the pop with a P-O-D, as in podcast. Oh, not uh, not a... Uh... Yeah, not the not the band POD. Not a band. Not the band POD. <laughs> I love them. We are the youth of the nation. I love that band. Absolutely, that's another <laughs> great one. In the early two thousands, that I can say. Yes, huge huge POD fan. But no, Podcorn.com is what has basically answered a lot of podcasters' questions. I'm not saying it solves everything, because you still have to pitch yourself. Right. You have to do a sales pitch, you have to write to whoever this brand is and the sponsor is. But my thing is, I love doing the host red ads. I love being where my voice is talking about something like fruit of the bean coffee, or talking. About <laughs> yeah, fruit of the bean. Right. Yeah, those those happen to be ones that I really enjoy doing. Is talking about them. Uh, I actually plan on having fruit of the bean as uh, the owner. Josh Smith is going to be on my show. Maybe That's cool. So yeah, so that one wasn't even a uh, agreement between he and I. I just started reading. The, the I started reading some scripts for him and just did them as a pre-roll, mid-roll, and post-roll. Those that don't know what I mean, think beginning, middle, and <laughs> mid-roll means it's in the middle. Let me help you out. Pre-roll means before the show, post-roll is after the show. And if you start listening to enough podcasts, you'll start figuring out, oh, that's what he means by well, post-roll. Yeah, how are, um, like, what, what because uh, I just started, I haven't gotten any um, uh, bites yet. What's your, what's your suggested, like, price point? Are these, do they want, like, expensive or does it run expensive i would keep it low and here's the thing is i would try to put as many of them there as you can but let's say you were offering four pre-rolls for ten dollars in other words that means 250 for each one of them let's just say you did that and let's say black wolf nation is one of them you try out the men's uh facial or hair uh, facial products let's say you put one on that one and you offered four Pre-rolls for $10. That means two fifty dollars a piece. Oh, you're doing it that low? Oh, I was doing a little higher. You, you go that low? I'd well, see it. You, you can. Don't get me wrong. You can. But it's one of those, I've done them that low, and most of the time that, I, that I'm building my way up. I want to start low and eventually make my way up. Well, that's great to know because I was shooting high and getting nothing. So now I know. Because, see, I was shooting in the dark because I had no, I, I had no um, like idea what I was doing. But now I know uh, that... They like getting you at a discounted price. Let's put it that way. Because I was putting like fifteen dollars. I mean, you can. Don't get me wrong. It's just one of those. I've always done it fairly small, and for as many of them as I can give them, and I've made sure that I've said I think I'd be a good fit for you. I tell them that my show is released every Saturday. I tell them what my demographics are: twenty-five to forty-five year old males, 
and I just tell them that I look forward to working with you. Yeah, well, I know the pitch. That's how I get guests. I do. Yeah, that's how I get guests. I do the same thing. But it's great to know. It's great to know the uh, price point now. I was going to ask you. I kept forgetting. So that's all right. Now I know the price uh, points. That right. That may not work through, but that's what's great about Podcorn is you can set your own price. Sure. But you're just not getting started out. But I didn't know. To serve them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to set it at. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to that, set it. At. That's what I normally do. Mm-hmm. I keep it low at first. Now, when you when you when they say yes to you, then you can start bumping it up a little. Right. Bit. I would like now that I've had you as a sponsor, and and let's say you know, and is this working out? Give me ninety. And some of them tell me, give me ninety days at this price, mm-hmm. and let's see if uh, I can't uh, boost your boost your sales by advertising you. And sometimes I say that. All right, Brian. Well, the floor is yours. You have anything to promote? I'm not that great at. I just love getting on and talking about podcasts. But if you want to follow me, uh, it's easy to find your favorite blockhead. You could Google your favorite blockhead. You'll see me. But if you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I'm there. If you go onto my Facebook, Instagram, all those are still, you'll find your favorite blockhead if you look close enough. But I can tell you also the big thing, I would start asking people to start going to my blog. So if you go to, it's all one word, yourfavoriteblockhead.com slash blog. And that will show you how I normally do my plugs from my sponsors, my notes, any links I do for people that are on the show. That way you can find their material. I usually put my uh, affiliate disclosures up there, and you can learn how to do that as well if you go back through them. But I'll go ahead and promote the blog because, like I said, it's it's I, I love that people are listening to the show. I'm thankful that the Blockhead Nation is growing, and anybody is welcome. It's not a hard application process to be a part of my show and be at my roundtable. But I will tell you that going to the blog will help. So your favorite blockhead.com slash blog will show you all the links. You can Google your favorite blockhead, listen to me on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can go to Google Play, it's there too. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he's I know he's gonna plug me on his end and uh we're, we got a nice little internet handshake that's happening here with us anyway. So I'm sure we're gonna talk more in the future. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well I, I appreciate you coming on tonight. It was my pleasure, my friend, and y'all be sure and check in every Saturday. Same blockhead time, same blockhead channel. All right, take it easy, bro. See you, buddy. All right, bye. All right, for my sensible thought for the episode, you know, no matter how long you do a podcast or no matter how long you do anything in life, always stay positive and do it because you like it, not because you have to do it. Before I go, I want to thank Amber for being a patron of the podcast. If you want to join her and become a patron of Sensibly Cynical, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Sensibly Cynical, and you can sign up today. We have two tiers, Sensible and Cynical. Check it all out there. Details are easy to read, and I hope you decide to become a patron. I have a lot of things planned. So um, thank you again, Amber, and welcome to the... uh, to the club. We are on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly, Instagram Sensibly Cynical Pod, and you can check out our Facebook group. If you could also please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, it would be highly appreciated. Once again, thank you for listening to Sensibly Cynical.